Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Carly. She's a surrogate mother. She's done this once before. Now she's on her second surrogacy, and I want to welcome her to the show. Hey, everyone. You came across my For You page with your videos, and I just was so intrigued by the fact that you're so candid about it. And I love that you tell us the story of what got you into this. So let's start telling my listeners what got you into this. So back when I was in Georgia, my husband, he was stationed at Fort Stewart. Mm -hmm. There was this lady, and she had posted in a group that she was doing surrogacy. Well, she had just delivered and she was basically asking if anyone was interested in it and not thinking anything of it. I got up with her and I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. I would like to do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's a quick answer. She started talking about it. And I was like, that's actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I'd qualify because, I mean, there's a lot of qualifications. When you have to be very healthy, you can't have any history of anything, really. High blood pressure. There's so much. Sorry. I'm kind of... Um, you can't like have high blood pressure. You can't be a drinker. You probably can't be a smoker. That kind of stuff. Can't do anything. No history of really anything. Yeah. Well, and th- my thing is, I love that you all of a sudden. It's almost like it was meant to be because when you were so excited at the get go with this, you know, you were like, "This sounds interesting. I want to see more about this." Now, I know there's some incentive. I understand that. You know, you get some money for doing this for another couple. So when you went into doing this, did you have to go somewhere? Did you have to get all these? tests done what what did you have to do next um yes at the very beginning i had to do a lot of testing blood work from LabCorp, Mm -hmm. um constantly like i mean two to three times a week almost they had to test my levels make sure i was okay i had to get pap smears done i had to i was constantly in and out of doctor's offices um i had to travel for my medical clearance appointment to new york to to make sure that i was good down there they did this procedure called a hysteroscopy and they put me under and they basically go in your uterus and you know make sure you don't have any fibroids polyps Anything that could really delay the process of the egg implanting, it's a journey. It really is. But it's really fun because you get to meet new people. You get to travel. And the parents are amazing. You know, my first journey back when I delivered, I didn't realize how amazing it was going to be when I saw their faces for the first time. And that's what made me want to do it again this time because it was so amazing. You know, and I was just going to ask you, with all of those tests you had to do and you had to travel, is the company paying for that? Are the couples paying for that? How does that happen? So I went through an agency called Surrogate First, and there's an escrow. The parents pay into an escrow, and every time I have an appointment or they have to pay out of pocket, they take that money out of that escrow, and it goes to my bank account. Okay, okay, that makes sense, because I was like, you know, that's expensive when you have to go two or three times a week, then you're traveling. How the heck does that work? You know, this is stuff that I don't even know about, because I was like, I'm going in blind, because I want to ask all the questions that everybody would want to (laughs) know. So, yeah, my first journey, I, I have a case manager and I called her 24 seven. This time I kind of, I'm relaxed a lot more because I know what's happening and what's going on. You know what's going on. Exactly. Now, do your couples have to be in the same state or is that required? Um, no, I like to carry for foreign couples. So the couple I'm carrying for is in China and they were in China last time and I just love their culture. and I love a lot of things about them. You know, I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me that you might be doing this for an Asian couple. That's amazing. Okay. How incredible. It's even more incredible to me because, uh, you know, there's so many people here that can't have children and I'm sure there's an abundance of people that can't have children there too. So why wouldn't they need it as well? Wow. Okay. So you go through all this testing. They give you the green light. Do you then get matched up with someone? How does that work? 
So what happens is you start the process, you apply, and then you go to your doctor, your OB, and you get cleared to do it. Your OB has to say, yeah, I think you could do it. And then after that, you go get a pap smear, and then the results have to come back good, of course, because you can't do anything if you have infections, STDs, you know, stuff like that. That would disqualify you. Then basically after that, you match with a couple, Mm -hmm. and then you go to your medical clearance appointment because they match you before you go get medically cleared. Okay. Sounds like you're the one that decides who you want to surrogate for. You know, you're being a surrogate for someone foreign, and this is the second time you've done that. So do they implant the egg or do you use your eggs? How does that work? So it, it's nothing to do with me. I'm just basically the oven for their bun. Okay. You think of it that way. <laughs> nothing right. is related to me. Okay. So yeah, you're just the one that's actually just carrying the child, nurturing the child in your womb. Okay. That makes sense. So, and I did notice on one of your videos, you were talking about pumping milk for the couple as well. Does that still go on after the the birth as well? Yes. So you can pump as long as they want it. But the thing about me was my mom, she passed away almost a month exactly after I delivered. So I was under too much stress. So they didn't want me to continue pumping. If I would not have had all that stress, I'm sure I would have continued pumping for them. But they stayed in the States for six weeks. So they were still here. Well, I was fun. I, I'm not one of the ones that had to send my breast milk because I never got a chance to. Right. Okay. I would okay. just deliver it. They lived like a town over or they stayed in Airbnb here. Okay. And I got to say, I'm so sorry about the passing of your mother. I did see that video and I'm sending you all the love I can for that because I know that's, you were very close to her, but I, I'm so happy that she was very proud of you for this, right? Yeah. At first she was a little like, what are you doing, Carly? I'm, I'm so confused, but yeah. You know, then she was really understanding. Well, let me ask you this. Now we're going to get down to the, the actual compensation. Does it depend on who you do it for or is it all one flat fee? So typically when you're a first time surrogate, well, when I first started out, the base compensation was at 35 grand. Okay. And it's actually gone up because surrogates are in really high demand right now. It happened over the past year. They're in such high demand. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. And now I believe the compensation's like... 45 to 50 starting out and then you know each time you do it it goes up slightly and it also depends on how well you did I guess how well your body took does it go up every time just because you've you're compromising your body every time and you should be compensated for that is that why I feel like and a lot of people they like experienced surrogates because they know what's going to happen you know they know how their body's going to react to the medications when you're doing surrogacy for the first time it's usually a hit or miss it's bad to say but you know you never know how your body's going to react to medications or if they're going to take because some people don't react well to progesterone shots estrogen there's a lot of failed transfers that happen and sometimes it's nothing to do with you it's just how your body reacts to certain medications gotcha now i know in the first pregnancy you dealt with i don't remember what it was called but you were really sick up until like 30 weeks correct yeah oh hyperemesis oh yeah that was rough um I thought I just had a bad pregnancy with my son and it ended up being hyperemesis, but they never diagnosed me because I didn't lose enough weight, I guess, but it was. And then with my last surrogate baby by 14 weeks, well, in three days I had lost like six or eight pounds. I don't remember. And they finally diagnosed with it. And that's the thing where they have to go in and give you IVs to keep you hydrated, to keep you, because you're like, you're like throwing up all the time, correct? Yes. Basically you throw up water, you throw up anything, you sit up, you throw up, you just can't hold anything down. Uh, I'm so sorry. That must have been rough. So I'd be so scared now. You don't have that issue now, correct? I don't. I guess when I'm pregnant with girls, you know, everything's a lot better. I don't know. (laughs) 
right? Okay, so I understand. Yeah, the process is just so fascinating to me because it's like, first you have to want to do it. How did your, besides your mom, how did your husband feel about it? How did your children feel about it? Because, you know, how do you explain that to your kids? Oh, yeah. So (laughs) I'm going to be completely honest with you. My son still doesn't understand it. So when I gave birth to the baby boy last time, he thought it was his brother. And he just says his brother lives far away. He just turned three at the time, though, so he doesn't quite understand it. But my um, my stepdaughters that are older, they completely understand. Well, one of them does. She's about to be six. But the other one's my son's age, so she doesn't really understand it either. They just know I'm pregnant, and that's basically it. But my husband, he, at first, he was like, huh, this is kind of interesting. And then he ended up really supporting me. And this time he was all for it. He's like, yeah, let's do that. That's really cool. Yeah. You're, you're not only, you know, helping your family out with the money that you get for doing this, you're helping a family that literally can't have children, but it really is their child because it's his semen, it's her egg, the whole thing. All you're doing is being the incubator, which is fantastic for a couple that yes, truly, exactly. I mean, it's actually absolutely their child. How do you feel though about it? Do you, how do you not get attached though, Carly? Um, well, Okay, so when you go into it, you do get these evaluations done before you're even pregnant so okay. that because they want to make sure how you feel. I've never struggled with postpartum ever. Okay. okay, so I sometimes struggle a little bit with prenatal depression a little bit at the very beginning because I am such a go, go, go person. I hate sitting down. I hate not being able to do anything. I hate not being able to cook. I just hate sitting. Okay. okay. And so that's my problem. It's the beginning of the pregnancy till I'm like 12 weeks. I start feeling better as soon as I hit about 13. So I will say when I gave birth, it was like a sense of relief. The okay. family had their baby. Okay. I was not required to really do anything. After I delivered, I could just go to bed. That's true. Yeah. Oh, see, that's the best way to look at it. What am I thinking? Yeah, you're like, listen, I don't have any responsibility. Here you go. Here's your baby. He's beautiful. Here you go. Bye-bye. <laughs> Exactly. And I remember I just, I had the best night's sleep. The birth <laughs> right? was so easy. I didn't tear. I pushed in three minutes. Wow. He was out. It was such a great experience. And I just hope it's that way this time, you know, well, yeah, but I yeah. do remember how I felt towards my son. So he was three years old at the time. Yeah. I was laying in bed one night and you know, you have that mothering instinct, even yeah. though the baby was not yours. Sure. So I was just laying in bed at my house and he slept upstairs And I just had like a panic attack where I had to get up because I was scared he was crawling out the window or something like that, about to fall out the house. So I went up there and I was like, oh my gosh. So that's the only scare I ever had. That's the weirdest thing that ever happened to me after. It's like I had a sense of being a mother, but towards my own kid that I already had. I don't know how to explain that. I got scared, but I know he was okay because he's, you know, he's old enough to... But I just got scared because I didn't have a baby I was scared for. I was scared for my son. Oh, yeah. I think that's just a motherly thing that kind of was heightening up because you were pregnant. But I have to ask, when you gave birth, was that weird to you? You know what I mean? Was that a, oh, wow, this was real. I really did this, you know? Yeah. Well, the realization hit, you know, I've got delivered. But he was such a cute baby. He was so healthy. But yeah, I just didn't think of anything like that. Like, it was such a natural thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering, you know, because to me, it would be like, okay, I would have to have some kind of disconnect because, you know, I've had two kids and now they're older, obviously way older than, than you probably too, but they're in their twenties. But my thing, well, you're probably in your twenties. I don't know how old you are. I'm 25, about to be 26 in November. Yeah. Well, my son's about to be 26 tomorrow. So yeah, you're my kids' age. So do you have to be a certain age too? 
you have to be between 21 and 41 or 42. It's different for different agencies. But I will say this about back to my feelings. So I was yeah. going through. So, you know, I had just received a phone call that my mom had a month to live oh, right. around the time I was about to give birth. So it's kind of like all my feelings were not there with the baby. It was there with my mom. I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I totally, because, you know, you lost your mom. You thought she was going to be in, in remission because they got rid of all the cancer. And then all of a sudden she got the bad news and she called you and she, she was so, you know, scared to tell you because you guys were close. And also right before she had called me or I had pushed, she called me about five minutes before I started pushing. And it was the first time I'd ever seen her without hair. And that kind of struck me hard because I, I saw her in her wigs and stuff, but she just like showed me everything. And it was just barely, whew, it was hard to see because my mom was such a healthy person. You were FaceTiming her then. That's probably how you saw her face. Yeah. And I, I feel like it would have probably been a little bit different towards my feelings or with my feelings towards the birth, but I feel like I still would have been absolutely fine. Yeah. Sounds like, you know, you got a good head on your shoulders. Do they do like a mental evaluation as well to make sure you're okay with not having this baby once you give birth? Oh, yes. Because there's a lot of stories you'll hear where this, the surrogates will give birth and, you know, they just, it's a lot harder than they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Do they have any rights at all or do you sign all that away when you sign up with the agency? When you sign that contract between you and the parents, you basically say, I cannot keep this baby no matter what. And that's the thing, you know, like I said, I'm sure it would be really hard for people, regardless if they've had an evaluation, regardless if it was an easier, hard pregnancy. When you have a baby, there's something about giving birth to another living being is at least in my experience that that connection is always there. So do you think that connection will always be there? Like, will you always still have like this special place in your heart? Will there always be like this connection or, or is it just kind of over and done and you're, you're done? I would say it's kind of like both for me. Okay. I still keep up with the babies. They send me oh. pictures of them growing, all oh, that kind of stuff. Good. But still, I'm going to always think about them, you know, but I don't have that motherly love towards them. I have more like a, how do I say this? Like an aunt or something like that Yeah, type of love for them. Yeah. Well, totally makes sense and you know that's a very healthy way to look at it you know another reason when they look for surrogates they look for people that are done creating their families oh, and that's, that's a big I think that factors in a lot because if you're done having a family you know you're not gonna have baby fever and you're not gonna look at it the same way as someone who's young and decides to be a surrogate and they're like oh wait I think I want to still have babies. Right. Now, are you going to continue this process for as long as you can? Or do you think this will be your last time? What do you think? So me and my husband, we talked about it. I think I'm going to do it when I'm in my 30s, like early 30s. Okay. My husband, he actually had a vasectomy done a few years ago. And then we got together and he wants to have a baby. I want to have a baby with him too. But we'd have to basically go through the IVF process. So I'd basically have to do all this stuff you do during surrogacy but for my own self so basically like I'd be a surrogate for myself it sounds weird but I'd have to go through all the medications but if it was supposed to be natural and everything and all that it'd be really hard for me because it's really hard to get pregnant after IVF and all that naturally Mm. but since I'm going to be getting pregnant the same way I got pregnant this time you know does it really make a difference I feel like is it because they can't reverse the vasectomy or what what is the reason I mean reversing a vasectomy is risky and it doesn't always work so we just wanted to kind of cut out the middleman, if you know what I mean, yeah. and just go ahead and cut straight to the IVF process. So we don't have to do all that extra well, stuff. Also, you're familiar with it. So you know what to expect. So it totally makes exactly. sense. Yeah. 
yeah. and I'm familiar with the shots, the medications, all of it. Yeah, and it sounds like you tolerate it very well. And I'm just, like I said, I have to say, you're doing God's work, I'm telling you, because so many people can't have babies or want them and don't know how to do it or can't afford it. Uh, and I commend you for this. So if somebody doesn't know what to do and they can't afford a baby, or even if they can, what, what's a good message you can give to people that just want to have a baby and they don't know what to do? Oof, they want to have a baby, but they can't afford it. Um, yeah. Just keep trying because I have seen so many people that have been told from multiple doctors they can't have babies and they can't get pregnant and they end up getting pregnant. Yeah. And I just actually had a my friend that she has been struggling with PCOS for years and years and years. And she just had an announcement on Facebook where she's pregnant. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, what about the people that can afford surrogacy and they're kind of afraid of it? Can you give a message to some of those people? Like, what would your advice be to them? My advice to them would be make sure they do research, make sure they're with a good agency. Mm -hmm. They ask a lot of questions. Make sure their surrogate is healthy and not lying about anything. Yeah. And you would think that the agency would kind of know that and weed those people out, but does that sometimes filter through even though? Uh, it's It can happen. It's rare. But yeah. there have been cases where people have got up to match and they found out they had a, you know, medical history of something that was bad, you know, and they have to be booted off. There's a bunch of things that you run into people that didn't know they had STDs and it's really sad, but yeah. you know, can't carry pregnancy really good if you have anything like that. Exactly. No. And I, like I said, I just think it's just so lovely and giving and to see their faces. So what happened that first time when, when they handed that baby boy to that couple, tell me what you were feeling. So when I pushed, when he crowned, yeah. I thought I was holding my husband's hand because I was just, and I was holding one of my friend's hands. Okay. She was on my left. He was on my right. Well, he had let the mom step in front of him, and I was actually holding the mom's hand, Aww. squeezing her hand. And I didn't know. And then I looked, like, after he had crowned, and she was, like, starting to cry. I'm like, why is my husband crying? But it wasn't him. Um, and she was just crying happy tears. And then she ran over there. Aww. They don't let the husband in because it's their culture. Sometimes when you get birth. So he wasn't okay. in there, but it was just the mom. Okay. And she ran. She was so happy. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, and the fact that, that that's their child, like that's legit DNA, biologically their child. What a gift. You know, what a gift you're doing. And if nothing else, aren't you proud of yourself for this? Isn't this just amazing? Yes. I had a, when I had given birth, I'm not going to lie, I had a sense of something weird came over me. I was like, why is everybody so happy? And I'd realized I had given birth to someone's own baby. Like, I, I just had such a weird moment yeah, for a no, few minutes. Yeah. And he was like, you know, you just, you started a family. I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And oh, they I were did. so, it's like they were not worshiping the ground. Like, they would take me out to eat, but they were just being so nice, which I understand. I gave them a baby, but I was just not used to that. Well, yeah. I mean, what poignant words you started a family you created a family. Wow. Okay. That just kind of gave me chills and a little teary eyed. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's just amazing to me that people are so giving. Yes, you get compensated. And it, honestly, it probably isn't all about the money. It truly, you have to be a special kind of person to want to do this, don't you think? Oh, yeah. You can't go into it just thinking about the money because it's not going to be, you're not going to be happy at all if you do that. Right. Especially with what you went through the first time with being so sick. But, and, and hopefully they weed those people out to where if, if all they want is money, you know what I mean? Then yeah, you're not going to be happy. But like I said, it takes a special kind of person and give of nine months of their body to um, create a family. I just, I just think this is amazing. Wow. 
agencies. Yeah, and agencies, they can usually tell when the person's in it just for the money. By the way, they interview and they talk. And yeah, it's really easy to weed them out, kind of. Yeah. And I'm hoping that like when you do these videos on TikTok or wherever, Instagram, I'm hoping the comments are kind. Have you ever found some people that are just not very kind? Not really on mine. I've seen it on other people's though. Really? I mean, is it just because they're against it? What do you think it is? Yeah, a lot of people, for some reason, they think it's like prostitution. Apparently, that was, I don't know how. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't get it. They're like, you're giving your body up. You're doing it. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, they'll be for adoption and everything, but they won't be for surrogacy. And it just blows my mind because they both create a family. So. Absolutely. And you're just doing it the way that they actually have their biological child. And I just love that. So I know you have a TikTok. Do you have, um, if anybody wanted to understand what surrogacy is and all that stuff, do you have any advice on where they can go? Is there a, a source, a website, whatever that they could go to, to find a legitimate source? Well, I do surrogate first. I really love the agency. That's the agency I go through. Okay. And I can add all of their information on my show notes because I'm telling you, I'm so impressed by the kind of love that you're giving to other families. This is so, such an incredible gift, Carly. And I hope you understand the ripple effect you're having with these people. Thank you. That means a lot. And also on my TikTok, I have a link that'll take them directly to the website to apply if anyone is interested, you know. Yeah, I will totally add that. And that way you guys follow Carly, follow her journey, and let's get her some support because this is just such a gift that she's giving. And Carly, I can't thank you enough for being on my show. This has been so enlightening. Well, thank you. I'm glad you had me on here. It was really fun. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.